This is Commonwealth Real Financial Talk with Michael Widlake from Commonwealth Guardians. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Commonwealth Real Financial Talk with Michael Whitlake. Hello and welcome to Commonwealth Real Financial Talk. My name is Michael Whitlake from Commonwealth Guardians. And if you'd like more information about what you hear on today's show, give us a call at 617 617- 380-3440 or visit us online at commonwealthguardians.com and while at my website click on the media page and the podcast section and you can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Amazon Music. So, growing up, we hear all sorts of financial adages that stick with us well into adulthood. A penny saved is a penny earned. A fool and his money are soon parted. Lend your money and lose your friend. Save for a rainy day. And I'm sure that you could add some of your own to this list. But it begs the question when it comes to our finances, what adages are actually true and which ones aren't? So during the show today, we're going to discuss some of these commonly held notions about money and then break down whether they're true or false. Also spend some time analyzing eight common obstacles to retirement. But before we venture into today's topic, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, about whom it's been said his talent and exuberance make every show better. And this is an adage that I can tell you for certain is true. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if I deserve that introduction today, Michael. Wow, that sounds a little bit over the top, but I'll take it. I'll take it wherever I can get it, Michael. You know that. Uh, that's that's great. Uh, thank you for being so kind. But uh, we all know the show is all about you and the financial uh, advice uh, that uh, you give and uh, just the uh, the things we talk about on the show hopefully are intriguing to our listeners and they will call you uh, to talk to you about these things. I I think that's the goal here. Uh, But you know what? Uh, The truth about money, uh, there are a lot of uh, adages or sayings or beliefs out there. Uh, Many of them are false. Some of them are true. Some of them are false. Uh, Pizza is always a good value. True. That's an adage that we know is true, (laughs) at least in my world, right? in my world too. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm eager to hear what you have for us today. Where do you want to begin? So I think you're right. We love to talk about things and I think it's things that people ought to be thinking about are, uh, are your, are your understanding of these things in line with the reality of what's going on today. And if you have, if it brings up questions like, Oh man, I'm not sure that I'm there. That's exactly like you said, why we do this. So people can reach out to us and get proper information to apply to their personal situation to make better choices for themselves. And so today, the a big part of what we're going to talk about today is an AARP article that's called the seven money adages that don't always ring true. And it offers up some very, very interesting information in a kind of a fun way. And 
here the article's first adage is it's always better to buy than rent. Now, is that true? Well, I would say that the answer is, is that it depends. While there is some conventional wisdom that has long declared that buying your home or automobile outright rather than renting or financing is the way to go. The reality is, is that it isn't always that simple. Life isn't that simple. It's not black and white. The article notes that while many financial service professionals do agree that it's better to buy than to rent or finance, the best step for you will often come down to your time horizon. For example, buying comes with a plenty of responsibilities. When it comes to your home, you've got insurance, taxes, upkeep costs, plenty of other things that renters just flat out aren't on the hook for. Well, yeah, and I would always say, I've always heard you have to own, you have to own, but it depends is the right answer. And especially in this climate, now that's that's homes or, or where you live. What about cars? I mean, or vehicles. Personally, I've always financed my vehicles, but have I been making a mistake? So just like with housing, there's really no right or wrong answer. It's one that best suits your personal situation. Many people buy something and then drive it until it starts falling apart. Others lease for just a couple of years, paying close attention to yearly mileage, and then return that vehicle and lease something new. Certainly, if you own your own business and you deduct your lease payments, that's a strategy that can help make leasing make a lot of sense. But if you drive a lot, whether it's to work or to the zoo or to your daughter's soccer practice, the conservative mileage limits that often come with leases sometimes can make that less desirable. Yeah, I would, I would imagine. So how about this one? I've always heard you need to have money to make money or it takes money to make money. Is that true? All right. That's a good one. And I've also heard it phrased as you need to spend money to make money. But no matter what version of that, that you know, or you prefer, this adage is false. And this is in a large part because of the influence of social media, as well as the rise of the gig economy today. You might not need a ton of extra cash sitting around to make more money. The article points to social media influencers as an example. Some of these folks have used a camera, a microphone, and a platform like YouTube or TikTok to make very reasonable sums of money. I've I've brought this up in the show before, I think, where... One of my son, my eight-year-old son's idols is Mr. Beast. He's the biggest individual YouTuber on the planet. Yep, he is. And yeah, last year he had YouTube only, uh, just based on his views, revenue of over $54 million. That's crazy. Yeah. So he used his microphone and camera and YouTube as a platform to generate huge sums of money with very little overhead. And the article that, you know, the article that talks about this also reminded me of a tool called the eight obstacles to retirement, which I talk about a lot with my potential clients. And it's lists obstacle number one as income. You know, the first thing to any solid retirement plan is how are we going to replace your income in retirement? And the funny thing about that, and I ask people how much income they need, they 
go, oh, well, you know, Mike, I live on very little. I met a man today who says his take-home pay for his work is only like $600 or $700 every two weeks, even though he's making four thousand five hundred because he's shunting the rest into savings. But uh, that's a really very, very rare. People need to make very close to the same in retirement as they are making while they're working to keep their lifestyle the same. And for many of these people, social security is a key part of their retirement strategy, but social security is not designed to replace what you earn while working. It's not going to be enough to allow you to maintain the lifestyle that you've grown accustomed to. Yeah. And social security, it tends to replace a really small amount of a person's income. Isn't that right? So in the material that we use called the eight obstacles to retirement, um, I often share about this with my clients that social security will typically replace somewhere between 35 and 38% of your previous earnings. If you work a full career and retire at 65. Now that means it's really important to work with a knowledgeable financial service professional who is going to help you design a plan to create enough income handle all your monthly bills because you're not going to live on 38%, not comfortably anyway. And what is a question that I often ask to people is what is the strategy that you have that's going to address that other 62% of income that you're likely to need? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I know a a 62% income gap isn't something I'd want to address without the help of somebody like yourself, a financial services professional, right? Well, so the second big risk is outliving your money. This is the thing that most people that I meet are worried about. And I always call it longevity risk. Longevity risk is not a single risk on its own, but it's a risk multiplier because it makes everything else more important to make the plan for. What happens if you live to 100? I have personal experience with that. My grandmother lived to 105. My dad is 88 now. My mom is 84. They haven't really slowed down that much. And this can happen for a lot of people. And how do we address all the risks that come up? Will the stock market crash if you live for a long time in retirement? Will inflation happen if you live for a long time in retirement? Will you get sick and need help if you live for a long time in retirement? There's so many of these kinds of risks and making sure that you address that and plan for both sides of the contingency. What if it happens? What if it doesn't happen? I think are really, really important. Yeah. So the next adage from the AARP article is pay yourself first and then forget it. And once again, the answer to this one is that it also, it depends. Saving money is a good thing to do. The idea behind this one is that every time you get paid first, you automatically route a predetermined amount of money to a savings account. After that, your remaining money can be used for bills and spending, but by making your savings automatic, you don't have to remember to do it yourself. Well, that's the good part. The forgetting part isn't as good because it might mean that you forget to increase the percentage that you're saving when you get an in, when you get a raise. Furthermore, knowing what that money is doing and making sure that it's providing a good return on your investment can make a big difference over the rest of your life once it's once you get to that point where you start 
living off your assets. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. So we should probably take a moment here, Michael, to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. I know you're offering a no charge, no obligation consultation. How can they get a hold of you to set that up? Yeah, we call that the the retirement snapshot and you can you can get a hold of us. You can go to our website and uh click on the contact us page. It takes you right to our Calendly where you can choose a day and time that works best for you. Or you can call Shanna in my office at 617-380-3440. And uh, you can get on my calendar for a 10 minute phone meeting or a full hour snapshot meeting where we can make sure that you understand all the things that you need to know. And I can get you what are the eight obstacles to retirement and, and the things that we do to help people make sure that those obstacles don't become insurmountable. Yeah, and that's huge. So give that phone number and web address one more time. The web address is commonwealthguardians.com or uh, call Shanna in my office at 617-380-3440. All right, well, let's keep it rolling. During the program today, you've been talking about some things that are true or false about your retirement or your money. And a lot of us grew up with certain beliefs or hearing certain sayings about money and finances and retirement. But uh, as you've been saying, well, a lot of these beliefs often hold true. As time passes, I think we're surprised at just how many of them turn out to be completely false. So uh, what do you you have for us next? I really like this next one. The next one is the rule of 100. Oh, yeah. And that it's that your stock allocation should be 100 minus your age. And once again, is this true or not? Well, again, it depends upon your situation. So you take 100, you subtract your age and just, and from that you should have that much amount of money of your savings in stocks and everything else should be dedicated to bonds. But as the article explains, this strategy can give you a general idea, but it's definitely not a definitive rule for everyone, especially for younger folks. Yeah, I, I can see how, where that would be true, the old rule of 100. So is the, give us an example of that. Well, so, uh, you know, I think uh, it says that if you're 50 and you've got 15 years of paychecks left before you retire, if you follow the 100 minus your age rule, you'd only be investing 50% in stocks, which have the potential to provide significantly better return over time. And that hurts your earnings potential down the road. The article concludes that by noting that some financial experts think you should be more aggressive when you're a younger worker and less aggressive when you're an older worker, uh, there's something really important here though. Investing is a very complex and it comes with numerous rules, regulation, and nuances, many of which we simply don't have the time to elucidate here in a 30-minute radio show. If investing is part of your strategy, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of working closely with a trusted financial services professional to make sure that your strategy is matching with your goals and your tolerance for risk and helping you achieve what's important to you. Yeah. And I, I know this is something that you help your clients and the people you meet with do is get a plan in place and a strategy in place uh, that can help people. 
And we talk about the importance of working with somebody like yourself, but in all sincerity, it's hard for me to think of a better reason to do so than investing. It's so complicated and people, even the people that really think they do, you know, there was a time period where I met with a number of people in a row who told me, oh, I move my money back and forth in my 401k all the time. I made a lot of money on that. And it was my experience that those people that said they made a lot of money by moving out of from bonds to stocks and stocks back to bonds and back and forth when the market was volatile always had less money than they ought to have had. And because this is, this is not a plan or a strategy, it's just kind of gambling. And I, I don't think gambling is an appropriate way to handle your preparation for your retirement or even investing in general. Well, for sure. It's, it's definitely not. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's really important, but, uh, you have to look at things like that. Uh, there are a lot of these adages out there that just, you know, it's funny because it, they're so not true now. Uh, but I heard them a lot growing up. So here's a fun one. Red cars are more expensive to insure. True or false? Interesting. And my, my initial reaction would have been to say true because I have heard there's something about red cars, uh, but I don't know. So it's actually not true at all. While zooming around in a red sports car might draw the attention of the highway patrol, especially if you have a lead foot, like I know you do, Tony, but your insurance company doesn't care what color your car is. Auto insurance premiums are not determined by color. It's determined by the make, model, body type, engine size, vehicle's age. There's a lot of things that go yeah, into it, but true. color is not one. Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, is it true that the older you are, the more your auto insurance is going to cost? So once again, this is an answer that depends on your situation. It's true that your rates will probably be higher once you hit about 75 or so, or if you have a poor driving record. But if you're in your 50s and 60s, like most of our listeners, you might enjoy some of the best insurance rate savings of your entire lifetime, according to the Progressive Insurance Institute. Why is that? It's because experience matters. You're probably a better driver at this age. Now, in many states, older drivers might also qualify for various discounts. Folks in this demographic can also enroll in state-approved safe driving courses like those offered by AARP or AAA and the National Safety Council. And if you pass one of those courses, it's often good for roughly a 10% off your liability insurance premium. Well, yeah, that's true. And I think during retirement, uh, when you're on a fixed budget, saving 10% on auto insurance, that's not nothing. That's something. It can make a difference. It's not going to break the bank, but uh, every little bit can help. Now, uh, the final true or false question, it's better to be in a lower tax bracket than in a higher one. I would say it's true because everybody wants to be in a lower tax bracket, right? Well, so this is a misunderstanding of how the tax code works. And then this one is actually false because moving to a higher tax bracket should be viewed as a positive. Even though many people who do so, they're fearful that it means they're going to be bringing in less income. That's not the case today. But remember, when if you're 
because when you're in a higher tax bracket, you're taxed at that higher rate only on the portion of your new income that surpasses that boundary. So if your take-home pay would actually go up by moving up to a higher tax bracket. So uh, you'll be paying more in taxes, but it also means you're making more and keeping more too. Yeah. Yeah. That's obviously we all want to make more money, but that just means we're going to be, if it means we're in a higher tax bracket, we're still coming out ahead typically. So that's, that's really, that's really a good one. And taxes are often top of mind for people who are getting close to retirement. And then on the other hand, there are people who think, oh, I, I don't have to worry about taxes in retirement, but we've talked about this and, uh, many retirees will still have to pay taxes during their post-working years and just how much they pay comes down to strategy and you need to work with somebody who's got that big picture in mind. Certainly taxes are probably the most important thing besides providing income. Taxes are the most important thing that we talk about. How do you control your situation, strategize about your situation so that you're not giving it all back to uncle Sam. And as the eight obstacles to retirement material that I use with a lot of clients explains the IRS doesn't stop knocking on your door just because you're retired. But the good news is, is that there are ways you might be able to minimize how much you pay working with a competent, uh, financial service professional along with a tax professional might be able to craft a strategy that accurately places you in a tax bracket that significantly shrinks your tax burden no matter what your income level is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there you go. And that's, that's really important. So obviously taxes are important to this. Uh, what are some other things we need to know when it comes to the truth about your retirement money? Also that we also have to think about inflation. If you aren't careful, oh, yeah. rising inflation can eat away more of your nest egg with each passing year. And don't forget that core inflation doesn't factor in things like food and gas, all of which is to say that your financial strategy needs to identify ways that your money can keep growing safely after you're retired so that you can keep up with inflation. Yeah, inflation's been a big topic, obviously, after 2022 when it skyrocketed. Um, and it seems like things still are costing a lot. I mean, you know, we've had fuel go back up recently. So people yep. people are constantly paying more for things, and that has to be factored in. I mean, a lot of people uh, don't take that into consideration when they think about how much they're going to need or be spending in retirement, right? Remember what I said earlier, there there's a, a risk that I like to talk about called longevity risk. And we got a plan for what happens if you live too short, what happens if you live too long. But if you live long, the chance that some of the other risks that we face, stock market, inflation, taxes, uh, sick or well, all of those things are multiplied because they become much, much more likely to happen and making sure that you understand how you're going to handle those things when they come up, that your financial strategy is built and flexible enough to accommodate things like that happening. And it's not going to derail the rest of your life is what really sets the, where is what really where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Yeah, yeah that, that is so true. That is so true. Well, uh, there's a lot to, to discuss. Is there anything else you want to talk about today before we go? Well, so I want to continue the conversation about 
what you and your money can expect during retirement by focusing on a Money Magazine article, the five biggest risks that people face in retirement, and they're ranked. Also, continue adding some information from the eight obstacles to retirement, uh, which, again, is an informational tool that is unique to us. The article's top-ranked retirement risk is outliving your money. And according to the WHO research study cited in the article, it's fairly, fairly common that people outlive their money. You you may also see the concept of outliving your money as longevity risk, like we've been talking about. Living longer is great, but those extra years come at a price. And it's a price that many people fail to adequately prepare for. So one potential way to prepare for those extra years is to squeeze as much possible out of social security, for example, by working until you're 70, by working past your full retirement age, your future benefits will increase up to age 70. So what about preparing for that possibility of a really long retirement? So uh, again, this is something that we, is a hallmark of what we do for everybody. And the eight obstacles to retirement, uh, turning 65 is an essential year. Once you hit this milestone, you're likely to live to just more than 86 if you're a woman and about 84 if you're a man, statistically. While again, that means more time to travel, take up new hobbies, it's going to require cash. So working with a competent financial services professional to answer questions like, does your current strategy provide money for you that's going to last? I always plan for my clients to live to 100 or beyond because I think that that gives them the flexibility if things happen before that, hey, we have a plan for that. But if that doesn't, they need money all the way to the end of their life. Just because you get older doesn't mean you stop needing it. Like like I've said before in the show, my grandmother lived to 105 and she was fortunate because she retired in 1975. She retired from private companies when they all paid lifetime pensions generous lifetime pensions to employees. Now today we have to make a plan for those things instead. So will you be able to financially handle all the things that can come up as you get older or will your plan fall apart? This is again, where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, healthcare costs uh, are huge. I mean, a lot of people probably lose a little sleep now and then when thinking about all the unexpected medical expenses, especially that they can face in retirement. Certainly. And again, this is it comes down to a strategy of how you're protected against this. Do you have uh, assets in place if something does happen? Again, I bring up my grandma, you know, at she lived on her own until 99 and a half and at 99 and a half she fell and hurt Mm. herself and we had to you know kind of force her to move into a home well even though she was very comfortable financially it was all you know social security and pensions and things like that so she didn't have just big buckets of money to pay for this so we got you know we signed over the what she had and then the family had to get together and pay for those the rest yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, um, yeah, that, that's tough. I mean, obviously, um, you have to think of that long-term care health. Uh, I'll tell you what, long-term care is so expensive. Uh, my mom is in long-term care because of her Parkinson's and it can really eat up your retirement savings quickly. 
Oh yeah. Have any appropriate plan in place to how you're going to pay for that, or at least mitigate some of the costs of it can again, make a difference, not only for you as the person who's retired, who needs the help, but for your spouse as well. You don't want to leave them in the lurch. Oh, well, we bankrupted ourselves making sure that uh, Tim was okay uh, during the time when he needed help. But now uh, Jane has to move in with the kids. You know, and I, I don't meet many people that that's what they want to do for their lives. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you want to make sure uh, that you have a plan in place for that. You don't want to leave your family with a burden. So uh, I think that's huge. Well, I think we should wrap it up there. But before we go, Michael, let our listeners out there know how they can get a hold of you. So the easiest way to get a hold of us is two things. You can go to our website, commonwealthguardians.com, click on the contact us page. It takes you right to my Calendly page where you can choose the day and the time that works best for you to get on my schedule where we can have a conversation where I can answer your questions about your retirement funds and what are the best things for you to do. Create your snapshot if that's what you choose so that you understand your entire situation and what it tweaks or changes that I would recommend. And if you need help in making those tweaks or changes, the other way is you call my office directly uh, at 617-380-3440. You'll speak to Shannon when you call that number and she'll get you on my calendar. And uh, once again, we'll make sure that all your questions get answered. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And listeners, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, A really great show, Michael, a great topic today. I I think it's really important. Now, listeners, thanks again. That does it for today's episode of Commonwealth Real Financial Talk with our host, Michael Whitley. Thank you for listening to Commonwealth Real Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Whitlake at Commonwealth Guardians. Call 617-380-3440 or visit them online at CommonwealthGuardians.com. Michael Whitlake offers investment advisory services through Gradium Advisors, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 877-885-0508, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Gradium Advisors, LLC, and its advisors do not render tax legal or accounting advice. Commonwealth Guardians is not a registered investment advisor and is independent of Grady Advisors LLC insurance products and services are offered through Michael Widlake, independent agent. Commonwealth Guardians, Michael Widlake, and Grady Advisors LLC are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.